Pag hindi kayo sumuko, lalo kayong mapapasubo Baka tuluyan na kayong di matuntun Hey there, kumusta? My name is Mark Savalia and welcome to the Sagittarian Project, an independent history podcast featuring literature readings about the dark years of martial law in the Philippines. Last week, we launched this podcast with a reading about Primitivo Mijares, his defection from the Marcos regime, his eventual writing of the book, The Conjugal Dictatorship in 1976, and then in the second episode, we explored the events on September 21, 223, 1972, and found out that Ferdinand Marcos only signed the proclamation on September 21, but actually declared, as in announced to the country on September 23, that martial law was in effect the night before, after staging the Enrile ambush on September 22. It was a long night. And in today's reading, we will learn about the immediate actions and arrests that occurred upon the effectivity of martial law at 9 p.m. of September 22. Before we start today's reading, I would like to invite you all to follow Sagittarian Project on social media. We are now on Facebook. Uh, Just search for Sagittarian Project and you can find us there. We are also on Instagram at Sagittarian Project. We will be announcing new episodes on our social media accounts. You can also send us messages if you have have feedback, thoughts about our episodes. We would love to hear from you. If you have suggestions for future episodes, just let us know by sending us your messages there. Also, it's been a week since we launched the Sagittarian Project, and it's just so delightful to see that the Sagittarian Project has been appearing on Spotify's top podcasts charts throughout the last week. Um, actually, as of as of recording time, I believe we are uh, top thirty-eight in the Philippines. Thank you so very much for listening. I'm so glad to hear that a lot of people are interested about history and factual information and books and literature that are credible sources of the truth. We will have semi-weekly or bi-weekly. I believe bi-weekly can both mean twice a week and every two weeks as well. So just to be clear, we will have two episodes per week that drop on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. Lastly, you can now find Sagittarian Project on all major podcast platforms, namely Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Now, to our readings for today. We are still reading from The Conjugal Dictatorship by Primitivo Mijares, a continuation of Twilight of Democracy, which is chapter 3 of his book. By his proclamation of martial law, Marcos became dictator-president of the Philippines. Having consolidated and made certain of the support of the government armed forces, 
Marcos assumed all powers of the state and placed all government agencies and instrumentalities under his personal control, including the judiciary. He laid down the infallibility of his one-man rule by declaring in a public document thus, I do hereby further order that the judiciary shall continue to function in accordance with its present organization and personnel and shall try and decide in accordance with existing laws all criminal and civil cases, except the following. Number one, those involving the validity, legality, or constitutionality of Proclamation Number 1081, dated September 21, 1972, or any decree, order, or acts issued, promulgated, or performed by me or by my duly designated representative pursuant thereto. Those involving the validity, legality, or constitutionality of any rules, orders, or acts issued, promulgated, or performed by public servants pursuant to decrees, orders, rules, and regulations issued and promulgated by me or by my duly designated representative. Then, Marcos bought additional insurance on the loyalty of the government armed forces by increasing by 150% the monthly base pay of all commissioned officers from second lieutenant to general. The salary increase was effective October 1, 1972. As a one-man ruler, Marcos suddenly developed amnesia. He forgot that his battle cry in the 1965 presidential election campaign was, quote, This nation can be great again. And that upon his inauguration on December 30, 1965, he translated his election to the presidency as a, quote, Mandate for greatness. All of a sudden, by the end of September 1972, there was a set of brand new slogans for a new order, proclaiming that the imposition of martial law was ordered upon him by divine providence to, quote, save the republic and build a new society. The new society, Marcus declared, will come into being with the people having a new sense of discipline, uprightness, and love of country. With the onset of the new society, the Filipino people slowly realized that public order had been restored and the crime rate has dropped dramatically in the sheets of government press releases. In addition, the people have had to contend with the spectacle of a martial rule that paved the way for 1. Shutdown of and imposition of government control over all media and other means of giving out information. 2. Arrest and detention, in most cases without charges or complaint, of thousands allegedly involved, wittingly or unwittingly, in a conspiracy to overthrow the government. The long list of detainees included prominent oppositionists, outspoken journalists and publishers, constitutional convention delegates who were against the idea of prolonging the term of Marcos beyond December 30, 1973, student leaders, professors, intellectuals, and union organizers. The common denominator for the persons rounded up 
was that they protested at one time against the gross social and political injustices perpetrated or condoned by Marcos. Number three, the placing of all public utilities under military supervision, banning of mass action in rallies or demonstrations of criticisms of public officials and of the inalienable rights of workers to strike and picket. Number five, closing of all schools for one week. Number six, imposition of curfew from 12 o'clock midnight to 4 o'clock in the morning, reduced later to from 1 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the morning. Number seven, carrying of firearms outside residence without the permission of the armed forces of the Philippines became punishable by death. And number eight, suspension of the departure of Filipinos abroad, except on official mission. The timing of the imposition of martial law was heavily dependent on Congress being in session and Senator Aquino being available for the planned arrest. Marcos's sense of history told him that, even after the declaration of martial law, Congress must be allowed to hold at least one session before it is gaveled to adjournment, in order that history can record the fact that Marcos did not close the lawmaking branch of government by his proclamation of martial law. His thinking then had something to do with his plans for the Constitutional Convention. Of greater importance, however, was the consideration of Aquino's arrest. He was number one in the, quote, order of battle, outlined in accordance with the martial law plan. Marcos was particularly agitated early in the morning of September 22, 1972, when he was informed about a story coming out in his own Daily Express quoting Aquino's threat to escape Marcos's martial law dragnet should he not be arrested within the first few hours. An Aquino leading a resistance movement in the hills would have rendered martial law inutile, and of greater gravity exposed Marcus's very life to Aquino's will. Thus, the Enrile ambush had to be staged so that Aquino could be caged. Amazingly, Aquino did not avail of a 40-minute free time on the night of September 22, 1972, to carry out his threat to evade Marcus's dragnet when he might have done so before his arrest at about 12.10 a.m. on September 23. Aquino had the full 40 minutes to flee from room 1701 of the Manila Hilton, where he was meeting with other members of a joint Senate House Conference Committee on an omnibus bill amending the tariff code. The 40-minute lease on freedom that Aquino could have had was offered him in three separate ways by men who themselves were not certain about the justice of what they knew was going to be done to the Tarlac senator. Behaving in the best traditions of people at war buying insurance just in case their side at the moment did not achieve complete victory, the offerers were Secretary of National Defense Enrile himself, then Press Secretary, now Information Secretary Francisco S. Tatad, and Colonel Romeo Gatan, Chief of the Rizal Constabulary Command. All three told me in confidence months after the imposition of martial law that they gave Aquino a chance to escape the Manila Hilton that fateful night of September 22. Just how those goodwill messages were laid to Aquino, the three did not tell me. Anyhow, colleagues of Aquino told of several phone calls received by the senator at room 1701 before his arrest. Nevertheless, we are left with the nagging question. 
why didn't Aquino take advantage of the warning that martial law had been declared and that he was going to be arrested? One theory is that Aquino might have suspected that the friendly calls from Enrile, Tata, and Gatan could be a ploy set up by Marcos to have him flee from the Manila Hilton so that he could be gunned down as an ordinary fugitive. Another theory is that Aquino, along with other political leaders, erroneously assumed that there would still be a free press to make heroes and martyrs out of those who would be detained by the soldiers of Marcos, even if he were to declare martial law. Such an assumption sheds light on what little background they have on the capacity of Marcos for overkill operations. At about 11 p.m., Aquino started receiving telephone calls. And each time he got through answering a call, he would turn pale for a few seconds before becoming his usual bouncing self. The last call that Aquino got came at about 12.10 a.m. of September 23, when most of those inside the room noted Aquino shouting into the receiver, Pumanheka! Then Aquino motioned Sunny Osmeña to follow him to the bathroom where he declared, Sunny, I think I am going to be arrested. Martial law has been declared. Young Osmeña insisted that Aquino inform their other colleagues about it. Emerging from the bathroom, Aquino addressed his colleagues, Gentlemen, Marcos has just proclaimed martial law and I am being arrested. The arresting team is downstairs at the hotel lobby waiting for me, but I told Colonel Gatan to come up here and get me by himself. I promised him that my boys won't fire at him. A dark chapter is inserting itself once more into our troubled history. I hope and pray that the dark night descending upon our beloved country would come to an early end. It's been nice being with you, gentlemen. In disbelief, Senator Padilla remained seated and kept saying, This cannot be! This cannot be! as he puffed endlessly at his pipe. Are you sure, Brad? Are you sure that martial law is upon us? Senator Tolentino kept asking. Before Aquino could satisfy all questions, Colonel Gatan, a former constabulary captain whom Aquino took care of as his protege, promoted to major and then lieutenant colonel, and appointed as Tarlac constabulary commander, came gently knocking at the door in quest of Aquino. Gatan apologized to the members of Congress for his intrusion as he handed Aquino a brown envelope that contained a photocopy of an arrest and detain order signed by Enrile. When Aquino demanded the original before he would go with Gatan, the PC commander, with his gun holster noticeably unhooked, declared that he had personal orders from President Marcos to arrest the senator. A massacre right then and there could have immediately ensued. But Aquino was quick to shout to his bodyguards. Tahimik lang kayo, mga bata. Do I have any choice? Aquino asked Gatan. Not anymore, sir. I am sorry, sir. Gatan replied. Aquino shook hands with all his congressional colleagues and whispered some instructions to his boys before he went out peacefully into the dark night of infamy that Marcos had signaled from Malacanang. Radio newscaster Ronnie Nathaniels was waiting anxiously to inform his DZHP radio audience on the 2 a.m. broadcast that Senator Aquino had been arrested by government troops. Unfortunately, he never did go on the air. 
Metrocom troopers entered his studio shortly before 2 a.m. and told everyone to, quote, Go home, martial law is on. The arrest of Aquino at the Manila Hilton was to be duplicated in a thousand other places all over the country, wherever those persons listed in the AFP's, quote, order of battle may be found. Some of them were forcibly dragged out of their homes, as in the case of Luis R. Mauricio, general manager publisher of the anti-Marcos Kislap graphic magazine, which published the lurid details of Marcos's romance with Hollywood starlet Dovey Beams. The arrests started on the late night of September 22 and continued for several days as some of the military squires were either absent from their homes or had temporarily eluded arresting teams. That concludes our reading for today. I would like to thank the Atenea Press and the Mijares family for granting us permission to use the book for the readings in this podcast. Thanks also to Gary Granada for the music on the show. It's a song called Me Aro Rin Kayo from Lian, a Filipino musical. Thank you for listening to the Sagittarian Project. If you enjoy our episodes, please consider subscribing to this podcast to get notified when new episodes come out. If you know anyone who you think can find value in our episodes, don't hesitate to share this podcast with them. If you're a teacher, an educator, and you think this can be useful in any way for you and your students, please feel free to use this podcast as a reference or a listening assignment. If you have any feedback or suggestions for the show, please let us know by sending us a message on our social media accounts, Sagittarian Project on both Facebook and Instagram, or email us at sagittarianproject at gmail.com. That's it for now, and see you on Thursday for our next episode. Kapag hindi kayo sumuko, lalo kayong mapapasubo, baka tuluyan na kayong di matuntun. Kahit saan kayo magtago, kung may ulo ay may pako, baka tuluyan na kayong maibaon.